0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your number one destination for sports news analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and as always, I'm joined by my co hosts, Fuyu and Yang Guang. And today we will be chatting about a cycling trend that has taken China by storm. And Yang Guang, I'd like to start with you. Tell me more about this new cycling trend that has seemingly emerged from China lately.
1: Um, yeah, since like, um, around May this year, um, uh, cycling has become increasingly popular in the circle of friends of many people all over China. It's become the top trending sports like overnight. Um, the price of sports bicycle products are also surging because of the phenomenon. A regular sports bicycle is often priced um, above. 1400 us dollars and is always out of stock in china these months but uh, there are still many people willing to place an order to wait uh, stats have it that the average price of an imported sports bicycle has hit a more than a five-year high of about 1.6 thousand dollars um cycling was popular rather i would say became largely necessary when the sh- shared bike started to emerge in our daily life. It became a very convenient commute tool. Uh, bikes are everywhere in the streets. You can ride one when, whenever, wherever. And the, in- and the investors poured in countless money in the sector, in the shared bike sector. They're still very common in Chinese cities these days, but this time the cycling fever is quite unexpected. It's like Riding a bike is no longer for commuting purposes. Bicycle is more of a sports fitness function and then developed into a um, have a very strong social nature. It's very common to see a group of cycling enthusiasts riding along the road in Beijing nowadays and the time to time to stop by and chat with their fellow cycling lovers or even strangers who also cycle about Um chatting about their equipment, about where they have cycled in suburban areas it's everywhere
0: yeah that's interesting you know i think when you know particularly foreigners like myself in south africa or people around the world when we think of cycling in china i guess we just used to think of it as a means of transport but it's interesting to hear that a lot of people are now taking it up as a sport as a mean of you know means of health and fitness and that it's created a social element as well, especially now as we, you know, start to exit the pandemic. I think it's fantastic to hear that people are getting out and being social and interacting with new people. So, you know, I'm sure it is still being used widely as a mode of transport, but it's also fantastic to hear that it's being, you know, implemented in other ways as well. Um, For you, have you also noticed this emerging trend and, you know, a kind of changing way of using cycling in China in, you know, the last couple of months or so?
2: Uh, Yes, similar to what Yang Guang just shared, uh, bicycles became a trend across China, especially here in Beijing around May when the capital city was hit by a severe wave of COVID-19. More people chose to ride a bike instead of using public transport because there's less risk of virus transmission, since it's in the open air, obviously. And then they just stuck with it, especially since most of them discover the health benefits that cycling brings. And um, data from bike-sharing service Meituan Bike shows that riders in Beijing have covered the distance of 850 million kilometers on their bicycles so far this year. And that's helped reduce carbon emissions by over four tons. And overall, its users across China have cut emissions by 430,000 tons. So if you look at it this way, it's a win-win. People get a good workout and the city gets cleaner air.
0: Yeah, definitely seems to be win-win. I think, um, you know, the fact that it is leading to less emissions and, you know, and it's you know the, the, the numbers that you just stated, they are truly incredible. Um, and I think it's going to be fantastic for the environment going forward. And also, you know, of course, when, you know, massive waves hit a city in China or anywhere around the world, I think people are definitely less inclined to use public transport or, you know, gather, you know, in tight spaces. So to have bicycles as that option with the added benefit of fitness and that kind of thing. And also, you know, I guess it's also a lot cheaper um, for people to yeah. use bicycles to get around. Of course, you know, it doesn't lead to any, you know, public transport costs or fuel costs in a car or anything like that. So I think there's definitely a lot of benefits, um, you know, to, u- to use a bicycle as a mode of transport, um, you know, especially, I guess, not in the in, in the super cold winter months. Um, but, you know, when the weather permits it, um, I think it's a really fantastic uh, tool for a variety of reasons. And, um, of course, you know, we've we've touched on the fact that, you know, when a major outbreak of COVID-19 hits a city, that is one of the reasons um, that people started kind of flocking towards using bicycles as a, a mode of transport. But for you, do you think there are any other reasons that, you know, may have caused this recent um you know, cycling trend in China?
2: Uh, yes, apart from COVID 19, I think China's goal of peaking its carbon emissions and reaching carbon neutrality is inspiring more people to help reach the goals. And more people today, especially young people, are adopting a more sustainable lifestyle. So, apart from their work or studies, they also care about their health and the health of the city and the country they live in. And here it's so easy to ride a bike in China, particularly in big cities. You can go anywhere without having to worry about the traffic and parking. The best part is um, you don't even have to own a bike to go anywhere anytime there are shared bikes everywhere and you can just scan a code to unlock one and ride it to your destination at a cost of next to nothing. Um, Some say shared bikes are one of the four modern great inventions of China. I think that's so true, especially if you look at how much it's changed people's lives.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. And I think it's interesting, you know, uh, the shared bike definitely seems to be quite a uniquely Chinese um, mode of transport. I know, you know, I'm sure that there's also part other countries around Asia that use it and also in Europe as well. But I mean, from my perspective in South Africa, it's definitely not something that we see, but it's definitely an innovative way of getting around that, you know, is cost friendly, is good for the environment and it's good for your health as well. So I definitely agree with you there that that it is a fantastic invention that uh, that came out of China. All of the reasons that you listed there besides you know the pandemic, I think are are fantastic reasons for people to get out there and start cycling again Yang Guang, can you think of maybe you know one or two other reasons why um this massive cycling trend has emerged in China not necessarily over you know the course of history I think you know um, China has always been synonymous with um with bicycles, but just in the last couple of months or so it's just it's been interesting that it's emerged lately
1: mm-hmm Um, Yeah, of course. Um, Partially, the pandemic played a role. Um, In April and May, many cities in China were in closed-off management due to outbreaks, and um, part of the public transportation was shut. Um, People started to ride bicycles to commute. Uh, Meanwhile, the pandemic really disrupted the operation of places like gyms. People realized that cycling is a very suitable way to keep their fitness routine Uh, it doesn't involve any pandemic restrictions you ride in open air and ride anywhere you like and it's also kind of um, i I think it's kind of expression of freeing oneself amid pandemic and you know um, escaping from the reality for a while uh, to hit the road and ride away from cities to nature um, but like I said, the pandemic elements play just some partial role here to push the popularity of cycling. It's, it's not the full picture. Look at the bicycles these enthusiasts are riding in uh, mega cities like Beijing and Shanghai. Some of them are v- really professional level bikes. It shows that they are serious about these sports, not just uh, treating it as a as a leisure choice. Of course, many of them are still in amateur stage, but uh, some of them are already riding like pros, including uh, with their gear, their endurances, and the capabilities to ride in the mountainous areas. I think the fact is that um, people start to shift to other fitness options other than you know running, jogging, hitting the gym, going to the basketball courts, uh you know many Chinese used to do to keep healthy. Um people start to realize that oh cycling is more than peddling around the city. It can it can be very deep as a competitive sport. This transition in mind is also a driving factor for the booming popularity for cycling in China this year, I think. Uh, but of course, um first of all for all this to happen is that the the chinese are richer (laughs) compared to like 10 20 years ago top bicycle gear is now more affordable for the chinese
0: yeah i think it's good to hear you know of course with um the economic boom that we've seen in china over the you know the last few years um the fact that people are now able to afford you know competitive cycling gear and that kind of thing that is definitely an element to, to it but i think what you mentioned about the pandemic, you know, the fact that it's an innovative way of people to, you know, stay healthy without interacting with other people in close spaces. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a sense of freedom, like you said, you can get away from, you know, um, the reality and kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said, uh, it's an, it's a form of expression because you can kind of go wherever you want, do whatever you want, but at the same time, it's, it's individualistic. And I think, you know, of course you can do the same thing with a car, but, you know, on a bike, I think it's just more, you know, you're in the open air, you're kind of controlling mm. exactly where you're going, you know, you're like, your body's kind of one with the bike, there's a fitness element to it, so you get those feel-good, you know, hormones from your body, so I kind of get what you're saying, you know, when you feel like cooped up or you feel like you can't go anywhere, I think a bicycle is a fantastic way to kind of get out and you know, experience freedom, you know, even if there is, you know, a, an outbreak, you know, it's a way to kind of, um, get out and, you know, still remain safe because you are generally by yourself. But like we've also said, it's a, it's a great mode of transport. It's good for the environment and et cetera, et cetera. But young one, you touched on something earlier there, you know, the fact that it is boosting, um, a participation in more competitive cycling and people are buying, you know, more competitive bikes. They're buying, you know, you know, uh, helmets and the the right gear to make themselves faster and you know uh, people are taking it a bit more seriously on the sporting side of things would you say that um this recent cycling trend has boosted participation in competitive cycling or do you think it's just you know boosted a mode of transport to just kind of social cycling
1: um it's definitely promoting um competitive cycling in china um people are investing heavily on their bikes and equipment it's beyond the basic needs the basic needs for transportation and there are already some routes in Beijing that um, you can see these riders regularly training and competing Um, they are riding faster than I expected even faster than the scooters and even some motorcycles and I have to say most of them are in great shape they are a great example of um this this phenomenon is boosting the competitive cycling in china it's a it's a great trend for the professional cycling development in china just at this juncture we couldn't see the full outcome or a concrete progress like um like we have a cyclist or a team competing at tour de france Uh, we are not there yet uh, but the changes are taking place in a I would say in a very subtle way, um, if this cycling heat continues, I would say then in five or six years, we can have Chinese team uh, compete in Grand Tour races in cycling. And I wouldn't be surprised that in 10 years, we would have a champion from China in those world-class, world-class tournaments
0: yeah just uh bear in mind everybody that there's a lot more cyclists out there that are cycling faster than usual so hopefully we can keep <laughs> everybody safe but for you um Yang Wang touched on the fact that you know with this increasing competitive cycling that we may see you know some chinese teams and individuals emerging on um the greater stage of competitive cycling you know not necessarily in the next year or two but you know possibly you know five six seven years down the line we may see some really successful um competitive cyclers um, emerging from China, whether it be road cycling or mountain biking or anything like that, do you you tend to agree with that? Do you think that China will one day become, you know, a a greater force in competitive cycling? Um,
2: To be honest, I'm less optimistic about that. I'm really not sure about um, the effect of this cycling trend has on competitive cycling in China, because usually um, these competitions Uh, happen on a very small scale but if you talk about cycling as a social event I've definitely seen more people riding their bikes than before no matter if it's early like five six o'clock in the morning or 10 p.m at night there's always people in cycling jerseys and professional gear on the roads and like yang guang mentioned about investment in cycling it just shows that more people have taken it taken it up as a hobby and and a good cycling outfit requires some serious investment so those people have to be really passionate about it to be spending the money and time out riding whenever they're able to.
0: Yeah, it's interesting for you. I think, you know, like we've discussed in um, previous podcasts, you know, particularly with winter sports, um, I I suppose it's similar with cycling, that certain sports require a lot more personal investment than others. You know, for example, running that requires basically no investment. So I think the main point is that, you know, cycling has been increased in China and it's, you know, um, a great mode of transport. It's, uh, you know, helping people's health and it's reducing emissions. But it will be interesting to see, um, if that trend leads to some really competitive world-class cyclists uh, coming out from China in the, the near future. So we will definitely keep an eye on that trend. But Yang Guang, we've obviously um, touched on emission levels and people's health and you know the main elements of this cycling trend that has emerged from China recently. And how great of an impact do you think that um, this latest trend will have on emission levels and people's health um in particular uh, do you think it's going to have a really positive impact in the in the not necessarily the the current times but in the in the distant future
1: absolutely um it's it's consistent with the lifestyle the whole world is encouraging global citizens to follow, especially um, in metropolitans like Beijing and Shanghai, where traffic could be a nightmare for those try drive a car or even take public transportation to commute. Riding a bike means that you, you, you will never need to worry about traffic jams, which is really, really annoying and inevitable when you live in big cities. Of course, it's impossible to request everyone to bike, to go to work, to um, to go back to their home for most people it's too distant to bike but um, if more join the biking army then the emission could be greatly reduced and, and it's a really good way to keep fit uh, we would have bigger fan base in professional cycling and uh, a great population foundation to nurture top cyclists so I, I, it's definitely beneficial in many ways
0: I definitely agree with you there. I think, um, you know, the the cycling trend will have plenty of um, positive benefits, um, you know, just for China and for um, Chinese citizens as we go forward. But also currently, I think it's already starting to have an impact for you. Would you agree with those sentiments? Do you think that the cycling trend will continue and, you know, become more of a global trend and, you know, continue to have a positive impact on not just individuals, but on, you know, uh, the globe, I suppose?
2: Yes, I think this will become a long-term thing because once you, in this case, I guess I can say once you go on the bike, you can't go back. So uh, I, I think more, even more people will join this cycling craze or uh, and become part of the people that will uh, lead in re- helping reducing carbon emissions.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, I hope that this trend is here to stand and I hope that the rest of the world takes note. And I think there are just countless benefits of using cycling um, as a mode of transport, as a form of fitness, as a social element and just a way to reduce emissions. I think that there are multiple, multiple um, positive benefits from cycling. So, um, and, it, you know, like we've already said, it ha- kind of has already started around the world as people, you know, start to really take Um, you know, emissions levels and that kind of thing seriously. So let's hope that this trend does continue, not just in China, but around the globe. You know, for you, we've obviously touched on a couple of issues. And, um, you know, I'm sure that this is um, a trend that the Chinese government has also taken note of. Um, Have you seen any response to this um, cycling trend, particularly that has emerged in the last few months or so?
2: Yes, As soon as this week, Beijing's municipal traffic authorities announced that they will be working on a slow traffic system in the city during the 14th five-year plan period from 2021 to 2025. And it is also promoting 20 cycling routes along historical and popular spots in the city center and sub-center. And there will be another 20 routes in suburban areas um there are already many greenways for bike riders in beijing and here by greenway we're not talking about the lanes on the side of the roads which are also open to electric scooters these greenways are for bike riders and pedestrians only and they cover a lot of scenic spots so people can really get close to nature when they ride along the routes and um, these greenways will get financial and policy support during the five-year plan period so they'll become more attractive to many people here in the capital city
0: that's good to hear you know i think it's you know it's, it's great to hear that um the government has taken note of this trend and they are you know finding ways to to positively benefit it and you know kind of increase it and also you know um make people's participation in cycling even better. So I think that's fantastic to hear. Um, Yang Guang, I think just from a global perspective, China has always had um, this image of being a nation that definitely has a a massive cycling culture. Um, And I think that that's been around for quite a long time. But why do you think that is? Because obviously, you know, from the global perspective, we already know that China has world-class public transport, um, so why do you think that cycling seems to be so popular in China, not just recently, but over, you know, even the course of history?
1: Um, I think there's a clear timeline there um, to explain the popularity of bikes. I think in the 1950s or to the 1990s, we had no other better options but uh, used the bicycles as a main Major transportation means because we were then really less developed in industrial sectors. The truth is that we couldn't build cars, also, not many families could afford cars or even motorcycles. Then, as everybody knows, China has seen a huge leap in national development and the transportation infrastructure, especially, became mature. More cars are hitting on the roads, more subway lines were built. Uh, Since now, I would say we saw fewer bicycles on the streets. Um, But this year's bicycles are back in people's sights. First, um, the concept of shared bikes really was a brilliant idea. It made bicycles part of the public transport. Then with the pandemic and people's um, people's increased demand for fitness lives, um, more people started to go to competitive cycling. I, I, I think it's a brief... Development of how cycling evolved in China in the past decades.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. I think, you know, um, historically there were obviously reasons why cycling was popular in China. And I think, you know, in the course of global history, we, we've never seen a nation develop so quickly um, as China has, as successfully as China has. So I think that that may have seen, you know, that might be the reason why there's been less bicycles on the road. And of course, you know, the increase in infrastructure and transport and that kind of thing. Um But it's also just great to hear that, um, you know, bicycles are sort of making a comeback um, for a variety of reasons that we've already discussed. But just, you know, from a global perspective, for example, in South Africa, I mean, cycling is very popular, but not as a mode of transport. We have a lot of seriously competitive um, mountain biking and road cyclists. I mean, there's been South African teams and individuals that have been represented at uh, the Tour de France. Um, there's a mountain biking champion from South Africa. I can't think of his name right now, um, but he's won like eight world titles for mountain biking. Um, So, but yeah, so cycling is very popular here, but not as a mode of transport, even though South Africa does not have um, world-class public transport. So yeah, hopefully with this trend that we've seen emerging in china hopefully that will kind of lead to a a global increase in cycling as a mode of transport and hopefully that filters over to to myself here in south africa but that is all we have time for on this episode of sideline story thank you so much for tuning in this week and of course we will be back next week with our latest topic and we will see you then